0: Welcome back to another episode of Game Rivals. I am one of your hosts, Max Malonex. as always, is the ever-loving, ever-waiting, ever-hoping for a new Ratchet & Clank?
1: It's your friend, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean? <laughs> I'm good. I know that there's a new Ratchet & Clank coming, so I guess my hopes have been answered. I'm not even that big of a Ratchet & Clank fan. I mean, <laughs> I just played the remake a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. Oh, yeah. okay.
0: So that's something that um, I did talk about that the last time, we? Did Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I still that,
1: have to uh, Yeah, I still have to finish it, but. Uh. Well that's not new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, I, the first, the the last Resident Clan game I played was on the PS2. Was the first one, so I skipped on all of them. Okay. Even okay. though they were fun games, I never know why I didn't play them. That. Yeah. No, I mean, they're way more accessible now. I think so. I remember playing the demo on the PS3 one and I really liked that one because that already looked like a Pixar animation movie, but uh, this one even gets closer. And then the new one is even prettier because it has ray tracing. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: at least your 4K TV is going to have a field day with that one. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as always, we start off a episode with the news. So let's dive right into it. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, Let's just start with what we talked about the last time, um, that Sony was closing the doors on the PlayStation 3, PSP, and PS Vita uh, PSN stores, and then got some huge backlash which led them to reverse it for at least the PlayStation 3 and Vita for the foreseeable future. The PSP store is still uh, meeting its end on June 2nd. Was it July? Or Was it July 2nd? It's, it's one of the J's. July 2nd or June 2nd. It's one of those two. Um. But wait, I actually have the article up here. Why am I even fretting about it? It's <laughs> July um, 2nd. Yeah, July 2nd, yeah. So, you still have a few months to buy some PSP games, uh, either through the PSP or through the PlayStation Vita store. Because, let's not forget, the Vita is actually backwards compatible with PSP games, uh, assuming they're on the PlayStation store.
1: Um, No uh, no UMDs here. (laughs) There's there's a game I want, but it's only available in, in Japan. And I'm not gonna buy it because I don't. Uh, I would otherwise I wouldn't understand it. But the funny thing is, is that uh, hey, what uh, game is it? it's, uh, there's a uh, you had these Dynasty Warriors games, of course, but then they made a Gundam version of it on the PS3, ah. and then the the third one got a like a re-release called Dynasty Warriors Gundam Reborn, and that one came out for the Vita. And I can get it on the PS3, but I want it on the Vita. But that version only came out in Japan.
0: Oh, that's a weird decision.
1: Maybe because Gundams and Dynasty Warriors and the Vita is, like, all focused on Japan because it's, like, Japan, you know?
0: Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from that context. It makes sense. a shame, though. I would have loved to check that out as well.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking about getting it on the PS3 now. Um, have, you, have you played those Dynasty Warriors games with the, the, the Gundam ones? I think I played the first one. It was a really nice one at the time. I mean, Dynasty Wars games are simple games, but I like the, the button bashing and the feeling that you can conquer armies of thousands, which you can in a game. And if you just want to unwind, it's the perfect game to play. Exactly. Um, and that's, and when you add Gundams into the mix, it's even fun. It's more fun. So uh, I remember playing the first one. And I really enjoyed it.
0: Okay. I've, I was curious, I've been curious about that one for quite some time. So...
1: Might have to see if I can uh,
0: find one uh, for a relative price, um, but yeah. So
1: re- reverse course on that uh, PlayStation store daily. I'm happy have... that they did, yeah. but like to be honest, and this is because, this is what I mentioned last time about the the feeling people have that they can't, it's the idea that's worse than the actual fact that it happened. So like the idea that I cannot buy PS3 games anymore, whereas some people, these people might not even have a PS3. So I would actually, but they're never going to do that. I would actually love to see sales figures. Like if they were to say like, okay, so you were making a big fuss about the PS3 store and the Vita store. And that they, here's like the sales number every month of, of the amount of money we make off of those stores. And that people will actually see, like, oh, it's actually not a lot. It's more like the emotional argument that I'm that I'm having here instead of a lot of people not being able to buy those games. But Sony will never release those numbers, but I think that would be, like, a perfect um, way to say, like, hey, you know, you made such a big deal about it, but we're not seeing it back in the revenue. So why are you making such a big deal about this?
0: Uh, yeah, I... Well, honestly, part of me thinks that... Uh... Do they even lose that uh, that much money on keeping the servers up is my main question. Like the PSP store going down, I can kind of get it. Um, mostly because they did the same – Nintendo did the same thing for the, for the Wii Shop channel and for the DSiWare. Um, it was up for a pretty long time and, well, they're not releasing anything on it anymore. But the Vita one, it made no sense because – People are still developing stuff actively for the Vita, so that was just kicking the teeth. Um, so at least it's good for those. But I feel like after all this happened, I don't know if the developers that were making those Vita games feel confident in that they will have a place to sell some something, and just after they finish their projects on Vita, that they won't return to the Vita store anymore. Because yeah, now no. it's because now it's like this great unknown of you know because they're not gonna they know that sony's not gonna give them a heads up again when it happens it's just gonna be like oh yeah we're gonna shut this down in like a
1: couple of months have fun bye i don't know maybe they learn from it and they'll maybe just be honest to other developers and say hey you know we're shutting the store down in if it happens in a couple of years or whatever that they'll just honestly say, like, hey, uh, we're shutting the store down in a couple of months, so stop developing your game, or either make sure it's out before we shut down the store.
0: Well, yeah, that also... I, I wouldn't say... Like, a few months is not enough. Like, I'd say give them a
1: year at least. Yeah, but I don't then, think these choices are made that far in advance. I For stuff like this, it might. I don't know. I mean, I don't know either. It's not mm-hmm. like that, that today they're like, you know what, we should shut down the store in a couple of months. Or like... Yeah. Uh, they probably do it like months in advance, Yeah. but, um, you know, I don't, yeah, I mean, it, it's probably not a lot of cost to keep it up and running. It's more like, yeah, I don't know that they're just, they have, probably have to have people that look after the stuff. So maybe they're like, we're wasting resources on something that we're not using or that's not being yeah. used a lot. True. Um, well, I mean, it, I guess it's just a matter of
0: time before they do something, but at least for now, we're all safe. We don't have to worry. I don't have to scramble and get credits on my US account and buy games that are only on the US PlayStation 3 store. So that's a thing. Um Then I, I have an honest question that. for you. Which game would you want to buy? Uh well I already like before this was announced, like I think seven or eight months ago, I bought Xeno Zeno Gears because it's only on the US store, which was like a hassle and a half. Um, I want to buy Parasite Eve 2 and 1, but I think only 2 is available on the, at least on the, um, on the European store, only Parasite Eve 2 is available, so I'm assuming that Parasite Eve 1 is available in the U.S. for some weird, dumb reason. But, um, outside of that, there are a bunch of, there are a couple of PlayStation 1 and PlayStation, portable games that I wanted to get like Loco because that's like cheap mm-hmm. um, but are you I don't actually have, gonna I get don't the... own I don't own Lococo my little sister owns Loco but I want roco roco for myself i will i mean it's like I think less than eight euros, so yeah I'm gonna pick it up but are you actually gonna pick it up or is it like yeah 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 no, I'm actually gonna pick it up because i I put it on my list like stuff that I want to pick up from the, the the PSP because the P again the PSP store is still going down. Yep. So I need to pick up the PSP games that I want to pick up. Like for example, the cause I think I don't think I own all the Parapons. I only own two digitally and maybe three. I don't remember that much. I think I own three digitally. I don't own one. But I don't think one is really worth getting it outside of the historical value, or at least having the complete set available to me, because Patapon Two is like way better. And I've actually been playing it on and off, um, in between. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to play a little bit of Patapon, and like I'll, I'll do a level. But I haven't played through. I haven't touched three in a long time. So either I don't own it. <laughs> <laughs> or I bought it on on UMD, and I have no idea where it is. Oh wow! So that's that. I, I was also worried about the uh, Persona games, and then I found out that I actually bought Persona Three, um, like the special edition on Vita. So I have that on UMD, <laughs> and I She's, think I but also. But you don't have bought, a Vita, right? I'm sorry.
1: Um, I have a PSP. Okay. Yeah, and like I have, you have a Vita. Vita. Oh, you have a Vita? I didn't. I thought you
0: didn't.
1: have a Vita. the problem with the Vita is the battery. I thought that was the problem with the PSP.
0: The PSP also had a battery issue, but oh, at least man. with the but at least with the Vita, I can actually power it on and actually charge the battery. It you just can needs to replace the battery. battery, battery for, pretty easy.
1: I mean, yeah, um, I just need to replace the battery. Yeah, I think you can get those very cheap online. I have the original OLED v, Vita, but I actually I yeah, I'm actually thinking <laughs> about buying an LCD Vita because I think it also looks nice, just like. A collectible to have, so I don't know why. Yeah, true. I don't know, but somehow the screen looks bigger. Just
0: don't do it now. Oh cause... no! Oh, like seriously, prices are all. I don't. There's no. I. I don't think I've. I'm pretty sure there's an article about this, but we haven't talked about this in the news. But we have seen it happen. We might have thought dabbled in it a little bit, but I think this should be brought up. Ever since the pandemic hit. Prices on retro gaming has gone absolutely insane. So last time I was looking for a PlayStation TV, because I, I think we talked about this before, that I, I really want a play yeah. PlayStation TV to play certain games on the TV, like, for example, Persona 4 Golden. Yeah. I checked. Those things go for, I think, at least twice the amount that they were worth.
1: Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Because, the,
0: like... And I told you about the whole, like, I missed my chance to buy it for, like, 50 euros or even less than that. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll pick it up sometime later and never got the chance. Now I'm kicking myself even more because I could have bought two and sold one for at least almost three 300 euros. Just why? Like, that is so expensive. And it's, uh, I don't know why. Like, and games are also going up in price. And also, when they announced the whole PlayStation Store's closing, of course, that drove PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation Vita, and PSP games up. So, also fair warning, do not buy physical PlayStation Portable games right now because the prices are going to be insane for no reason other than that the online store is going away.
1: Yeah, I uh, tend to look at... um second-hand shops for those things. I was able to pick up a couple of PSP games for like a couple of bucks a while back. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's crazy that the prices of everything is... I mean, it's not even retro stuff alone. The prices of everything is going up. I mean, GPUs, because of the whole cryptocurrency, mumbo-jumbo stuff that's going around. I mean, retailers sell GPUs for more than MSRP. Because I have a friend and he wants to buy... He's on two waiting lists for an RTX 3080. And I mean, that card costs like 800 euros normally. That's MSRP. And he had to pay above a thousand euros to order it at, at a retailer. And I'm like, hmm. you're a retailer. How, why, you know, and I understand for them, it's, it's extra money because they're rare and blah, blah, blah. And now the yeah. rumors that new GPUs are coming like a 3080 TI. And then, Everybody knows, like you have no possible chance to get those because yeah. scalpers will scalpers just get, get, them get them with it. the bots. Yeah, I mean, it's such a crazy situation. I mean, even switches are more expensive than normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, and let's not also forget that and this is not just like a
0: localized thing. Like in Japan, it's also like it's everywhere. Yeah, because like, of I saw, I saw a I saw a, 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 some guy on Twitter post um, a retweet a post that. A used PlayStation Five was going for six hundred and fifty bucks.
1: That's an okay price.
0: That six hundred and fifty for a regular PlayStation, like not digital, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: but the normal is five hundred bucks. Yeah, but that's like a hundred and something more. Yeah, but like that's still a lot. Yeah, but that's because of the scarcity. But if you look at if you look at a new PS Five, you want to buy off of Craigslist or whatever it's at the same range because the, the time that you get like a thousand plus for your PS five is gone, thankfully. So like, if you want to buy one right now, I've been looking at it for some time, even though I have a PS five, um, it's just, I don't know, interest or something is that you can just, you know, for example, now I have a list in front of my nose and let me just scroll. The first PS five I see is 750 euros, but it has an extra controller, a headset, uh in it and then if you go to um no so it's like 700 660 uh this crazy this person is crazy he thinks he's going to get 700 for digital edition good luck on that one (laughs) and and he thinks he's going to get 800 for a disc edition ha laughs on you jokes on you but like the average price is around 650 uh, or 699 which is I think an okay price, considering they were 8, 9, a 1,000 euros maybe uh, a couple of weeks ago, months ago. Hmm. So, I don't know. J- just, just because I can. Let me just look at what, what a, an Xbox Series X goes for. I don't think
0: it's going to be that much. Like, I haven't heard of... Like, the scarcity around both still exists. But I, you don't really hear about it so much
1: with Xbox as you do for PlayStation. Though. No, but it's because, and I hate to say this, it's just not the more popular console. People think just don't want it. Which is the interesting thing, because at least according to,
0: um, a, according to sales data in the U.S., the PlayStation Five is the fastest selling console ever. To whereas this traditionally- is. This is- this is still including the fact that the Nintendo Switch is kicking its ass, but who are getting those consoles? N- not a lot of people, because it's the- all scalpers, most most of it at least. You mean the PS5?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know how it is there, but here in the Netherlands, a lot of retailers just have lists, and you just pre-order, and you get on the list, and then as soon as you're you're lucky you get it and i know like a friend of mine got his through amazon because he's in one of those groups that use a bot that notify people when it's available so they can't buy it through the bot they only get the notification for the bot mm-hmm. and um they uh he was able to get one off of, off of amazon germany mm, lucky yeah yeah he was pretty happy I'm actually surprised that it, that it didn't get
0: scooped. most of it got scooped up by uh, scalpers, but maybe they have some. The, the funny thing uh, is, maybe they have something like in place. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I think because there's just so many people on it at the same time because of the uh, the groups, they just get lucky. But I, the funny thing is, is there's a retailer. I'm gonna not I'm gonna mention the retailer, but there's a Dutch retailer, and they actually sell the PS5s. Oh, above MSRP. So they sell like a disc edition PS5 for 800 euros, which is a retailer. Mm. And like a lot of people are hating on this retailer because they're just, I mean, I understand the situation. And as a retailer, you probably want to make money because there's probably not a lot of margin on a console selling it, or maybe on a game. But like selling as a retailer, selling a console for 800 euros, I think that's like pretty, it's pretty rude. And I mean, the funny thing is, is for like a week, we, I, I am in one of those groups, but it's more like to notify people that I know that are looking for a PS5. I was mm-hmm. like, hey man, you check it out right now. Maybe you can get one. So I'm just trying to help out people. But I remember like a couple of weeks ago, it was in the the group. Kept, you kept getting notifications from the group because this retailer had a PS5, but nobody wanted it because it was so crazy expensive. So <laughs> every day you would get the notification and then everybody would go to their site and then the site would go down so it was either the same PS5 coming online constantly because the site was finally working, or they were nobody wanted to buy it because they charged eight hundred euros for a PS5, and people were like, "Yeah, <laughs> f you, uh, retailer, I'm not gonna buy it at your uh, through you." Oh no, that's so yeah. bad. Yeah. But yeah, I
0: mean, it's imp- overall, it's still impressive that it's happening, but it's kind of yeah, it's kind of disappointing that. Um just because it is happening doesn't mean that a lot of people are enjoying it.
1: Yeah. So.
0: But in uh but in better news, PlayStation 5 just got a big update. It did. I think
1: it was last week. Yeah. yeah. Fill us in, man. You uh you have the you're the one that has the PlayStation 5. <laughs> I think one of the the standout features is that it allows you to Uh, copy installed games that are on the internal SSD. You can copy them to an external hard drive connected to your PS5. You can't play them off of them because of the speed limitation, which I understand because the internal SSD is blazing fast and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But um, it's at least nice because that way, it's, it's copying it back is faster than downloading or reinstalling the game with all the updates again. And the game will still be updated while it's on the external storage. Uh, which is a nice feature. But they also added like smaller things, such as the the PS5s uh, before this used to force HDR constantly. So even if you had a game that didn't have HDR, it would force HDR on the game, making it look bad, actually, because, you know, you're trying to squeeze an HDR signal out of something that doesn't have it, um, resulting in, in quality loss. So now they've added the option say I only want HDR content. If the game supports it or not. So that already helps out a lot. That's um, a weird thing to leave out. In the beginning. Like yeah, at all. I, I think it has to do because. Um, I think like. Maybe till. A couple of years ago. All the games supported. It didn't support HDR. And I mean. After the PS4 Pro came out. I think all major AAA games. All got HDR. Some had actual HDR, some faked HDR, but they still, the the TVs would recognize it as an HDR signal. But for example, um, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection, does not support HDR. So if you were to feel nostalgic and play that game, you would get a worse experience because the game's forcing HDR. So I think it's because of that that they didn't think about it because they were like, all PS5 games support HDR and all recent PS4 games do as well. But you always have to account for like the common denominator. And it was like, hey, if somebody <laughs> wants to play Killzone Shadowfall, which is a PS4 launch game, then it needs to be in the best quality. Yeah. Uh, so that. Uh, they've also revamped some of the menus. So, for example, you go to the friends menu. There's a separate tab for friends and a separate tab for parties. That was actually, that's actually a nice addition because... Normally you would see your parties up top and then you would have to scroll down to see your friends who are online and now you just uh-huh. press R1 to switch between the tabs um there's there's like a lot of smaller stuff in there, but for, I think the standout feature was the the external assist of the hard drive part that you could copy games off to it, which is a nice addition um, I'm gonna be honest, I don't use my p s five a lot right now because it's there's simply not a lot to play for it. Um, I'm actually hoping that Returnal will review well enough, so that will hopefully be the first proper game that I buy. Because the last PS5 game I bought was Assassin's Creed Valhalla in January. So, <laughs> yeah. So oh, if, yeah, you nice. PS5, if you don't have a PS5, sure right now, you know, really <laughs> yeah, like if you don't have a PS5 right now, you really Yeah, well, like if if you if you if you don't have a PS5 now and you really want one, it sounds really stupid, but you're not missing out on a lot. No, I know. I'm not missing out on a lot. Yeah, but like you are the worst person to compare because you'll never (laughs) buy a PS Five. I mean, you know what you are. You're like you're like certain fish types. Let me just put it like that. They're like I think it's like a salmon that they always swim against the stream, whereas the rest of the whole fishing population fishes with the stream. And you're like a salmon; you always go against the stream. So, like, you'll say, "I'm not gonna buy a Switch Pro." Whereas everybody that knows you knows that as soon as the Switch Pro gets announced, you'll mm-hmm. run off to your local game mania and say, "Here, shut up, take my money! I want a Switch Pro reservation right now!" And you'll fight it and you'll struggle right now. You'll say, "No, no, no, I won't do it." But we all know that when that time comes, which is probably in a couple of weeks or months, that it will get announced. You will be the one that, re- and you will pre-orders switch pro so like now you're like look at me going against the stream bloop, 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 bloop. but then when the time comes we know that you're gonna swim with the stream again against instead of against the stream sure i mean even if it, even
0: if i did it wouldn't get it wouldn't matter that much i still have an hd tv i don't have a
1: 4k tv so but then that. again you have you play the you play most games in handheld mode right no, it's like kind of it's evenly split 50-50. Well, at least you'd have an OLED screen with a higher resolution. So even in handheld mode, you would be able to enjoy prettier games. And on your TV, you would have higher frame rates and hopefully a consistent resolution instead of it going well, all over the place. The rumors are true. The screen is still going to be 720p. I thought the rumor said it was going to get a
0: full HD OLED screen. No, the screen would still be 720 Because here's the thing with the 720p that some people don't understand is that because it's 720p on that size, it doesn't really matter if it's 1080 or not. And I kind of have to agree, depending on the game, of course, like not all games output at the 720, so then you notice it. But like, for example, Monster Hunter Rise looks really good on portable. Despite the fact that it's a small screen, it looks really good. It also drains the battery really quickly, so there's that. (laughs) (laughs) You surprised? (laughs) No, I'm not surprised because it's a very like a technically heavy game. Despite the fact that the load times are very low, and that there's, I mean, there is like some slowdown, but it doesn't dip below fifty but okay. it always it's always most of the time at a stable 60 like if you're having multiplayer it might dip to maybe like the mid 50s but nothing nothing too serious nothing that breaks uh the immersion or the flow of gameplay
1: wow i'm actually impressed
0: yeah so so am i capcom actually put in the effort which proves the point that if you put in the effort in making a Switch game from the ground up, you not only get pretty games, but you also get games
1: that are fun. They should do that more often. Put the effort into it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. she 's Louise. Um, speaking of putting in more effort,
1: man, I'm really trying to force these segues, aren't I? Um, You're almost like uh, Linus from Linus Tech Tips. I don't know if you ever <laughs> watch it. I've, I've seen uh, some. <laughs> he's pretty infamous for his segue. So, like, he's actually joking about it. He always says, "like." Then he says, "like, oh, Nvidia announces an RTX 3080 Ti, but will it outperform the 3090?" And then it's like, "but it won't outperform my segways." To our sponsor, and he always does something <laughs> like that. Oh, <laughs> I mean, no. People actually like it. I mean, uh, it's the same way, like how he plugs his merch store. He has a LTTstore.com, as he calls it. And then he has, like, these really funny ways to plug that. He's like, oh, I wish I had a a water bottle. Oh, wait, I know where to get that one. (laughs) LTTstore.com. Or or when they're filling, like, up a loop for a PC or for a radiator. He has his bottle, and he's like, he looks at the camera, he's like, LTTstore.com. And then you see, like, a small uh, picture of the water bottle in the store, like, (laughs) coming into the screen and then just fading away. He really does that well. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I haven't
0: seen that. Oh, you should watch, it's
1: so really cool. funny when he does that? I mean, he does it, like, in every episode. So,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of segues, breaking news, we're getting a state of play. We are. The day after this episode goes live. So if yeah. you're listening, listening to this on Wednesday, hi, this is Wednesday. Tomorrow, you're getting
1: a state of play. Well, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Yeah. I'm surprised that they're doing it for Ratchet & Clank because... Really? Why? I, w- I, w- I mean, Ratchet & Clank is coming out in June. We're in yeah. April. So I would have expected them to do a state of play earlier and then for Returnal because it's it's a pretty new IP. I mean, I don't feel like that they've pushed their marketing as aggressively as they would for other games. Uh, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima got its own state of play. Uh, and it was also a new IP. I don't understand. I I was surprised that they didn't do one for Returnal since it's the first proper PS5 exclusive that's coming out on the PS5 this year. So I was like wow. maybe they're seeing it as a smaller game. It's it's a game they charge 80 euros for. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a full It fledged... like a smaller game. No, no, no. It's like a fully fledged triple A or at least it's supposed to be triple A uh PS5 exclusive. So that's why I was completely surprised that they didn't do a state of play for this game.
0: Hmm. you think something else is going on at Sony. I don't know. I don't know. It's also... I, I mean, it, it, it's not weird that they're doing a Ratchet & Clank state of play. I mean, obviously they would. Because it's Ratchet & Clank. It's basically... At this point, it's the closest thing they have to a mascot character? I think? The,
1: right. With other like, mascots,
0: I guess? I mean... Uh, Considering that Insomniac is now wholly owned by by, uh, by PlayStation, yeah, it makes them a, their mascot character, officially. Yeah. So. At least one of them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for them to do it. And they posted, like, this teaser trailer-y um, – well, it's not even a teaser. but It's like a minute of gameplay where you play as the female Lombax called Rivet. Wait, am I saying that right? Yeah. Rivet. saying that saying that really fast make it sound like I'm making a frog um, noise. <laughs> but yeah there's some gameplay in there so if you like go to um, like their, their twitter account they have that uh, the announcement there or if you're going to the playstation's instagram you'll, you'll see the clip there as well um, it looks interesting she seems to control similarly at least to ratchet which would make sense, considering that they're both the same species. Would be weird if they didn't. Also, um, she's working with Clank, so that also makes It's weird, right? I mean, it's really... Like, Ratchet and Clank, in general, is a weird IP. And they do weird stuff and have cool weapons.
1: So the weapons are the selling part of the game, though.
0: So. Yeah, so... It's not surprising that they would just do that, but then with a different character, but maybe with a different aspect of like. I'm pretty sure the story is gonna be like super weird too. Like you, you just finished the um. Uh, the Ratchet and Clank on on PlayStation Four, right? I did. The thing that I love, I I haven't finished that one, but I, the way the story is told there is like super hilarious. <laughs> it is. Because it's told from the perspective of um... Captain
1: Quark. Yeah, and <laughs> he's in jail, and I don't oh, know man. why. You figure out when you play the game why. At the end, you know why he's in jail, but it's like he's so convinced of. Uh, I mean, no, he's not even His aware. Yeah, but he's not even aware that he's not awesome and that it's just cringy. But he's yeah. so convinced that he's like the savior of the universe, and it's it's that's <laughs> the funny part. Oh man,
0: I I will say this. Very fun and clever writing. Yeah. So, yeah. at least, I'm, I'm at the very least, I'm looking forward to that outside of the gameplay, which I always kind of figured that the Ratchet and Clank gameplays were a bit derivative until I played it finally. And yeah, I'm actually impressed. And I've had a lot of fun. So, I am wanting to finish the game first.
1: It's not a, a super long game. I remember when I, st- I finished it. I start, like. I finished it the day after I started it, and it, and I did all the extra stuff as well. Really? It's not like a super long game, but it's re, it's a really fun game.
0: No, oh, okay, yeah. I have to check and see how far I am in, but uh, yeah, I I do feel like it went kind of quickly to the point where I am. I don't know if I'm like halfway through or whatever, but yeah, I'm I'm having fun while I'm doing it. Yeah. So it, yeah, that I mean. <sighs> I don't know. Do you have anything else to add about the state of... I mean, it would be nice if we were able to cover that live, but
1: I do not have to set up for it yet. Um, Oh, are you teasing people with some improvements on the way? Like we've been teasing the video podcast for the nearly three years that we've been doing this. (laughs) Yeah, but this one is way more
0: solid. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. So, um, yeah... I'm curious to see what they're going to announce. How long... I don't think... Yeah, it doesn't say how long it's going to be. They did Usually say it's going to be extended gameplay, which... Sure. but what What is that? Like 20 minutes? Um, 30 minutes? 40 minutes? Who, who's to say? I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a throw it out there and say it's about 40 minutes.
1: The state of play? Yeah. Uh, It's a... F- I think it's not long. It says here... At uh, Thursday, April 29th to see more than 15 minutes of fresh gameplay. So I think it'll ah. be like a really short one of like maybe 20 minutes or something like that, 25 minutes. Some states of plays ah. are not really long. It's like a direct, I think. Ah, dang it.
0: You're looking at a different announcement than I am because with the one I'm reading just says extended gameplay.
1: I'm looking at the PlayStation blog post.
0: Ah, there you go. Yeah. So outside of that, um, we do have a bit of well, depending on who you're asking, Uh, sad news, which is that uh, Overwatch lost its... uh, lost its director? Wait, am I saying that right? Yeah, it's Jeff Kaplan. Jeff Kaplan is uh, leaving Blizzard. Dude worked at their place for almost 20 years. Which... One, on one on the one hand, you could say, "Well, maybe he, was, he feels like he's it's time to move on," but for someone who was really passionate about the work that he's been doing, it's kind of weird that you're leaving right as you're developing a sequel to that thing. Just the why,
1: uh, why he leaves is is it being mentioned somewhere? I
0: mean, no, it's not being mentioned. I have um, I have the, the 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 full letter here. Um, that he put on the, I think their website, saying, uh, Greetings, Overwatch community. I am leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation of everyone at Blizzard who supported our games, our game teams, and our players, but I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it could be. Hope you do the same. GG, Jeffrey Kaplan. <laughs> so that's what he posted, which is like, and it just made me go like, oh, that is, oh, man, that's kind of, like, I'm not, I'm not a big Overwatch fan or anything, but I have seen Jeffrey Kaplan like doing presentations and stuff like that. And he looks very enthusiastic when he is talking about the games that he's worked on. It's just – it comes at a very interesting time because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where a lot of people got laid off at Blizzard and um, – uh, gosh, what's his name again?
1: Bobby Kotick.
0: Uh, Bobby Kotick um, got a huge payout for that because it's in his contract, which seriously – why. Um, i don't think
1: he's getting money because he laid off people i think he's no getting but he money is because he had the performance metric probably oh no
0: no the, the layoffs were part of it like basically like the reason why he's getting more is because he's basically saving money for the company by laying the people off and that's why his stock options were being like um, uh, uh, like paid out to a certain amount so it is in his contract that if he makes, like, money through, like, turnover um, in the – well, turnover in the sense of people losing their jobs, he actually gets paid for it.
1: Wow. I would almost say that that's – yeah, it's I uh, <laughs> – I don't know if I could work for such a company.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think – I hope that this is – I hope for for the for the fans this is not a sign of things to come for Blizzard, but eh, things haven't gone been going so great for Blizzard the last couple of years just a tad. You just know what speech. my issue
1: is is that Blizzard makes great games, but I would almost say that they're like a CD Projekt Red. I mean, CD Projekt Red was this amazing developer that made great games. They almost had like a legendary status because the stuff that they brought out was really good. And then they had like a fall falling from grace with uh, uh, with um, Cyberpunk. And now they're working on the redemption path. And Blizzard has this same reputation. They're legendary. Everything they touch turns to gold. They take their time when it's done, blah, blah, blah. And again, they, if they bring out a game, it's a super good game. But it sometimes feels like that they're taking, that they're abusing their status as uh, hey, we're this amazing developer and that everything we bring out sells millions and we make a shitload of money off of it. So, you know, let's just use that more than normal in our advantage because the fans will wait. If we take 15 years to develop a game, then we take 15 years to develop a game because people will buy that game and with those types of situations I just stop caring and I just get kind of fatigued with it's like I'm it's it's like somebody telling you telling you they're awesome every day and eventually they're like yeah you're awesome whatever I really couldn't care less man <laughs> And maybe they've done a few things that initially made you think they were awesome but eventually you're like I really don't care man that you're awesome maybe you should show us an awesome feat before you call yourself awesome again Yeah true I mean and- yeah. I I think part of that is because
0: when they were initially taken over by Activision, there was like, well, we we are part of Activision, but it's more of a hands-off approach, and it feels like more and more Activision has been calling the
1: shots more obviously. So I don't th- I don't think they have a choice because Activision doesn't have a lot of IP that they make money off of. If you sure. look at the I mean besides Call of Duty, what is a good game they brought out or a game that generated a lot of money? The Last year?
0: franchise did good money for them until
1: yeah I mean like last didn't. year or, or oh, the year before year. yeah in the last outside two years, of Call of Duty yeah I can't think of a game
0: but well, I don't know if it did I don't I don't know how great of a sales it was but at least um was it did called did again tony hawk crash 4 yeah yeah okay maybe that crash 4 was 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 pretty well received well yeah. received doesn't mean that it sold well it just means it was well received
1: yeah but so um, like maybe that's one game
0: the same goes for tony hawk but i also have to wonder how much that sold because it wasn't sold at full price either yeah so i don't know how much money that one made and i think a lot of people were waiting for the next gen version of that one too you know, to play on their Xbox yeah. 5. Uh, uh, under, I was so about to say Xbox
1: 5. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> the
1: Xbox Series 5. No, but Xbox like, Series 5. If you look at the amount of new IP that it made, that the past generation, I can't think of a lot. Neither can I, really. But that's actually crazy, because they're basically the Call of Duty company. Well, the Call of Duty and Overwatch company. Yeah. And I mean, Overwatch is also being... I don't know if Overwatch has microtransactions. I wouldn't be surprised. It does. And yeah. it has loot boxes, so that's why they're yeah, kind of yeah, fighting yeah. against the whole anti-loot box uh, movement. I mean, I'm, I don't want to... Uh, probably the whole the, the Blizzard community will grab their pitchforks and be ready to burn me alive. I've played Diablo 3, I love Diablo 3. But like, it's the same with Diablo 4. Like, Why announce Diablo 4 if you're not going to release the game anytime soon? I mean, if a Sony or a Microsoft does this, people hate them for it. So why does a Blizzard get away with it?
0: Yeah, true. And if they're Nintendo, they'll keep making fun of Nintendo of like, hey, you guys, you guys remember the game that you announced like a couple of years ago? Anything happening there? <laughs> is it is it is it is it like the 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 Wii Vitality Center? Huh? When's that coming out? Huh? <laughs> While well, they keep poking them in the sides, something like elbow. that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Out, okay, so outside of the Diablo, yeah, the the Diablo Four announcement is like really super weird because it made no sense for them to announce it, and I think they only announced it because they had to write a wrong of the whole Diablo um, Immortal thing. Um, however, Diablo Two's remake seems to be like testing well. Like they did a they did a beta test of that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and from what i've seen and from what i've heard from people they actually put in the effort this time um instead of like handing off the project to an unknown developer to like remake warcraft 3 and ruining it um the, the diablo 2 uh re uh, remake is actually really good you have yeah. an option to toggle between the old and the new graphics so you can actually see the difference and oh my goodness, the old looks so janky and but it's still it it's still Diablo 2, so it's still very atmospheric. And then you switch to the new graphics. I mean you start off with the new graphics, of course, and just look how crisp everything is and like the lighting and it's even more like there are like there it's like even more moody than the original game and you're like oh this looks so good. And they're like, but this is always what the, the game looked like. And then you go back to the old one. You're like, oh, wow,
1: this is not how the game looked like. <laughs> <laughs> but I think generally you, when you have fond memories of a game, you make it prettier in your head than it actually is. Exactly. And with some games, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine about this yesterday. I mean, some old games like Metal Gear Solid 1, I can still go back to that game and play it. And I have no issues with the graphics. But with some games, you really think like, oh wow, this was so amazing. And we go back and you're like, oh wow, did I really think it was amazing? This is actually pretty bad. <laughs> so it really depends on what kind of experience you have with it. Yeah. So at least
0: it, I I don't know if I think they learned their lesson with World with, uh, of Warcraft 3 at least. So we'll see how that goes and how it eventually releases but so far, at least for Diablo 2, it looks good. Um... What it doesn't look good for, however, is your PlayStation systems, at least the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation 4, and the PlayStation 5,
1: because those things have a dev clock. Yeah, so I think this is something, and I've mentioned this before, I think this is something that they will fix, because I cannot imagine that they leave it as it is. We had a uh, whole discussion about this outside of, the, outside of this episode. I know we did.
0: I still think no, because if they did and it was something that they could patch, they would have done so for the PlayStation Three, which they have not. Yeah, but I, I thought they're that... gonna
1: do it for the PlayStation Four, and I seriously thought they're gonna do it for the Five. But well, I think the reason it hasn't been fixed right now, or f- fixed earlier, is because it wasn't. An... So, like, if it's not an issue, why well, deal with it? Generally, with these kind of things, they only fix it because either somebody makes an issue out of it, or they never actually thought about the implications of it at the time when they maybe made it. So or care ex- about the implications.
0: That's also an option.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I don't... Yeah, I mean... Uh, Wow, I just got a message that I read the message that I got distracted. So like... As I said, it's tied, they said that it's tied to the trophy system. So they'll probably just find a way to patch it up, and they'll just probably fix it. I mean, I cannot imagine a company like Sony saying, yeah, if the coin battery on your logic board dies, well, tough luck, buddy. It's too bad, but, you know, um, that's the way it is. Deal with it, you know? Well,
0: considering that they didn't inform people about it. Yeah, people found out about this themselves. It's not like they told people that when the CMOS battery dies, that's it. And again, it's not like... Here's the thing. Even if it's tied to trophies, um, like, just... It just makes me... Like, I don't know why they tied it to trophies. That's the, the whole thing. Like, why tie it to something that doesn't matter for if you're playing a single-player or multiplayer game? it's just a it, it, like it's just a weird decision to make because apparently it is possible to do it without a CMOS battery cuz Microsoft does it so yeah i don't know what the decision was in that case but yeah i guess time will tell maybe they will and you'll be lucky enough but as of this point if you have like for example a uh well i guess it's only for the PlayStation 3 game so if you have like the big George Foreman grill PlayStation 3 that plays PlayStation 2 discs natively, you're fine. Uh, did I say 3 again? Yeah, you
1: said
0: 3. I meant PlayStation 2 games <laughs> natively. Mm-hmm. Um, you're fine, but uh, yeah, your PlayStation 3 games are going to have a little bit of a problem there, even if they don't have uh, trophies. Um,
1: I th- think that is... It for story as again, as and I said, something? I firmly believe they will fix this in an update. That I was... cannot imagine them leaving it as it is. I mean, if they reverse the PS Store closing, why shouldn't they reverse this or fail, find a fix for this?
0: Because no one is doing updates for these systems at the moment. Well, okay, maybe like for the... PlayStation 4, but no one's doing updates for the PlayStation 3.
1: Yeah, but people are also saying that it's an also an issue for the PS5, so they'll probably just tackle the whole issue in one go mm you're hoping I think that's about it. um, we're probably
0: missing a couple of stories here and there, but those are the stories that I was able to uh keep an eye out on,
1: except we have for PlayStation ones still. oh yeah, which ones oh, yeah, we, we have three We have that um there was a statement put out by Square Enix saying that they're not um being considered or that they're not in talks with parties for an acquisition. Right, because we talked about that the last time, and you were like, oh, yeah,
0: it's happening. And well, I the fact really that I
1: mentioned desperate. it, and that the fact that they're putting out a statement, I mean, there is something going on, otherwise they wouldn't put out the statement.
0: Well, they put out the statement to quell, I'm pretty sure, at the very least, like, shareholder, or um, the stock fans. market, uh. for one, and, of course, the fans, because they were probably getting... And indicted with
1: a whole bunch of requests of, but are you I mean, guys
0: selling? Don't sell! Don't sell! Or
1: blah, like blah, if blah. this have, I mean, I, th- I think I've said it before. I think Microsoft is the perfect one that is ripe for, or or, or the one that might bite them. And I think it's going to happen. They they're probably considering an acquisition. And to be honest, people might think of Microsoft as the big bad wolf in this case. But if you look at how they're dealing with Bethesda for now. One would say, oh, they'll just buy Square Enix and leave it as it is, but they'll just give them a lot of funding if they need to make games, and they just want to make sure that Xbox is the best place to play for RPGs. We still don't really know a lot. Like, they're still being kind of vague with
0: how they're handling stuff with Bethesda. I mean, at least for the games that were supposed to come out, because they're already in development. Like, for for example, Deathloop, that one is a PlayStation-timed exclusive for... I think, a year or something like that. And they're still honoring that exclusivity deal. So there's that. But outside of that, we don't know anything about any future games that that uh, Bethesda announced. If those are going to be exclusive to Xbox, or if they're going to be a timed exclusive, or what. We don't know.
1: Um, or if they'll
0: ever see the light of day outside of PC or an Xbox system.
1: Yeah. I mean... Microsoft has said that they are looking that they're not done with acquisitions, and that they are looking at increasing their their library. Mm -hmm. I think a Japanese acquisition is the most um, uh, how would you say that the most obvious one because they don't have a foothold in Japan, and they've said, said multiple times that they want a foothold in Japan. Especially now that Sony is turning its back on Japan, which is not happening. but Which is also, like, the weirdest thing, by the way. That Sony is doing that? No, that it... Yeah,
0: I mean, that it's happening in general. That, like, they're focusing all on AAAs now. Which is fine, but... I, I think I've said this before. But, like, one of the reasons why I love Nintendo as a company is that they don't only do the big stuff. They do they'll occasionally take a chance on something weird and yeah sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't you know like look at like labo like rest in peace i was about you know. to say that <laughs> but, like, that that was an interesting idea it either they didn't feel like it t- it took off as well as they had hoped which kind of really sucks especially for the la- the VR labo stuff Because a bunch of games are compatible with the VR Labo outside of, you know, Nintendo Labo itself, and I was kind of hoping, and I still haven't seen anything about it, so it might happen in the future if people request it enough. Um, It might be something that they surprise us with last minute, considering that um, Pokemon Snap is or new Pokemon Snap is releasing this week. Um, i still
1: think they made uh, like a ton of money off of labo so i think it's not i don't oh, I, think it's a bad yeah, I agree with that. project for that they probably made a lot of money off of labo yeah
0: considering that it's made out of cardboard and yeah i mean
1: yeah you could made though, it
0: at home but the r&d that they had to put in to make it work is another
1: thing altogether because they did patent load the whole the whole labo thing but like how how much is a labo starter kit is it like 80 bucks or more uh, I think it's like 70. 70 or eight, yeah, something like that. So depending like... on like what you buy, right? Cuz you yeah. can buy
0: the base set and then you have the the add-ons or you buy the complete set or you buy the the bare bones set um depending on which Labo kit you're talking about. Um like the v, the 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 VR one has like a bunch of expansions. Like I bought one of the expansions which mm-hmm. has the camera. And I want that to be compatible with new Pokemon snaps. It's the perfect game for it. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one, but I am sure, I'm pretty sure I'm of a small, small minority that
1: has the Labo
0: VR and wants that. (laughs) This is the
1: perfect moment to bring out a bundle with... The VR and the uh, Pokemon yeah, Snap. that would have been so that would have been so perfect if they did that, like a themed labo
0: VR with Pokemon Snap, especially considering that Namco Bandai is developing Pokemon Snap and it looks really pretty. Yeah. So yeah, It's yeah,
1: unfortunate. Yeah. The other two articles is that um, Epic has raised an all, a lot of money again in another round of funding. Also from Sony. Sony has, I think, put in 200 million as an investment, which they already, Sony already invested like a similar amount a couple of years ago or last year, two years ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think Epic is going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Also,
0: also, it also kind of puts the kibosh on the whole them losing money on the Epic Game Store.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, they're losing money on the Epic.
0: Use. Exactly, they're losing money on the Epic Game Store, but. They also got funding for like a billion dollars. so, And they also made like maybe a billion off of Fortnite alone. Exactly. Like yeah. Fortnite is the big money maker.
1: Yeah. And then there's this interesting rumor around that Naughty Dog is 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 juggling around multiple projects. And they're struggling and they're trying to make a Last of Us remake. And people are not waiting for that. People were kind of upset and angry that they're considering or that they're working on a Last of Us remake because people are like we already got the remastered version of the Last of Us on PS4 the original game came out on the PS3 it doesn't feel like this is the right time to do the game and and based on the story Naughty Dog is only doing it because they basically don't know what their new IP will be so they're just doing it so that they can kind of keep people busy because their new IP that they're working on is not, or they're working on a new project, but the ga- the project is in pre-production, so they don't don't need all those people. So they're just trying to keep those people busy by doing a Last of Us remake, and then they also get familiar with the PS Five hardware at the same time. A bit of a funny, strange situation.
0: But see, that's the real big problem because they're probably being forced to make a triple A game, whereas if they were smart, or at least if Sony was smart. They would have had them make something smaller you know if if you're if you want to keep them busy and if you want to keep them or if you want to have them get used to developing for the for the PlayStation five have them do something small that you can do that you can bring out quickly that'll help you learn the fundamentals of the system that they're developing for. And you can probably put out for relatively sh- cheap, and because it's um,
1: Naughty Dog, it would still sell pretty well because there's pedigree behind it. I know. Yeah, apparently they're working on the multiplayer expansion for The Last of Us Part Two, which, yeah, I mean, that doesn't require the whole team. Um, I, I, the funny, funny thing is, is I bought uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels last week, and I've been reading it. And How is it? It's really good. It's really, really good. Um,
0: Maybe it gives a lot, lot of
1: insight. Oh, I could do that. <laughs> I like to record it as a podcast episode. <laughs> um, but it talks about the development of Uncharted Four and what kind of went wrong there. And in in one part, uh, Evan Wells, the one of the presidents of, of Naughty Dog, is interviewed as well, and he says, and that's I think what you're seeing right now is that during Uncharted Four's development the team came off of The Last of Us. And uh, the directors, Bruce Straley and um, Neil Druckmann, they didn't want to work on on Uncharted 4. They wanted to take their time and they wanted to take it easy and and prototype slowly to figure out if they wanted to do The Last of Us 2 or if they wanted to do another game. But because Uncharted 4 was in such a difficult position, they were basically forced to do it. And the idea was okay, we'll jump on, we'll make sure that the project gets on track again and it starts working, and then we'll make sure that the leads take over or we appoint a new game director and we jump off and we do what we wanted to do. And the game was in such a bad state, apparently, that they eventually realized, like, okay, we can't jump off because the people we're eyeing for a leadership position are not stepping up or they're not ready yet to take over uh, the role of game director. So if we leave the project right now, it'll just probably end up going bad. So they made the game and at the same time, they had a team that was working on um, uh, something else because they apparently have two teams. And then Evan Wells in his interview says that they're not, and I don't know if they fixed it now, but it doesn't look like it, is that Naughty Dog doesn't know how to balance two teams. They don't know how to work on two separate projects at the same time. Because basically what they just do do is they just, over, they just throw all the resources they have at it at one team or at one game instead of saying, no, 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 we have two teams and they both focus on their own game. And it could be in different stages of production, but they still just do it this way. So it's it's a pretty interesting thing. I mean, um, it was an interesting read. And they said that they were working on a way of, of figuring out how to work with projects because I think one of the bottlenecks is – is Naughty Dog doesn't work with producers. That's kind of their staple thing. They don't need producers. They have other ways of dealing with those issues. Whereas if you have a producer, you know they can keep things on track. That's their job. Um. So this was years ago, and they said that they were working on a way to figuring out how to balance the two teams. But if you're reading this, it doesn't look like they found a way to balance two teams.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. To be fair. Considering what we know about how the remake came to be and it was supposed to be done by a completely different team, yeah. it makes sense for them now taking it over to just completely well not completely, but at the very least, stir up some um trouble at
1: Naughty yeah. Dog. I mean, at least yeah, I mean, like
0: scheduling and managing live.
1: Yeah, I mean I think Naughty Dog is Sony's premier studio. It's like they're, they're the the one studio that is the most valuable in the whole lineup of Sony. And Sony has a lot of studios. But I do think that, for example, Sucker Punch punched uh, – get it? <laughs> I think Sucker Punch sucker punched the whole industry by saying, hey, but don't underestimate us. Because you can see that with, the, with Ghost of Tsushima – it won a lot of awards. And if you look at the DICE awards last week, mm-hmm. The Last of Us... Oh, I, I missed mean, it. Yeah, so Hades got Game of the Year. Um, and Really? Yeah. And um, yeah. The Last of Us didn't even... I mean, you would expect The Last of Us to get Game of the nominated. Year. It didn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it got nominated. It probably did. But it didn't get the award. And if you look at Best Adventure Game, that went to Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima may, won in some pretty... Uh, important categories of course the last was one as well i mean but to for this new ip to come out and already win multiple awards over different sh- uh, multiple uh, award shows to put it that way um does say something and um i think in going into this generation we're going to see a lot of interesting stuff because jim ryan the other day said we have more ps5 exclusives lined up or we have more playstation exclusives lined up for this generation than we have had in previous generations. Which doesn't always say something good because you can buy an exclusive and it can still turn out to be a crappy game. Um, but it does feel like that Sony is, is, is tripling down on single-player games or on exclusive games and that they're putting their teams under pressure because Microsoft is going the Game Pass approach and they're like, we need to differentiate ourselves and this is our staple single-player games. I want all of you to make single-player games, but <laughs> if, if um, I don't know if you read it, but since, since the whole debacle happened with The Days Gone 2, pitch being turned down and blah, 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 um, David Jaffe, I mentioned this last time, he interviewed uh, a couple of people that were involved with the development of Days Gone. The From think, Studio Bend, right? Yeah. so our the, Bend thing, studio, sorry. The, the game director and the creative director, and some of them left Bend. But one of those directors said, Sony only cares about Metacritic. Sony only cares about a game if it's higher than 80 Metacritic. So... Sure because Last of Us didn't, uh, Days Gone didn't score as well. Just, that could be the reason why they turned down our pitch. Whereas I think it might not have scored well, but I do think it sold well. At least if I hear a lot of people play Days Gone, they're like, "Whoa, this game is really good. Why didn't I pick this up earlier?" Probably because the Metacritic was below eighty. I think so as well. I don't <laughs> hope so, but like it is. I mean, you haven't played it yet. I think. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. So yeah. But it's like I personally think it's a it's a really good game. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, I, he did all I think one of the guys also said something really not chill in that in that on that podcast where he was kinda also blaming the gamers for not buying games at full price. Really? Yeah, I did you miss that one? Oh man, I should have pulled okay. that one up. Yeah. It's because you're talking about it now. It's, I totally forgot to pull that up. But yeah, that happened during that same like um, podcast. And he basically, he used an explicit, but he basically said, yeah, players are not buying games at full price and that's why um, Days Gone didn't, um, like games like Days Gone fail-ish. because their gamers are not buying games at full price when they come out and they don't buy it right away. And it's like, well, not everybody has, well, let me put it this way. Nobody has infinite money unless you're rich. Not everybody's rich. Not everybody has the time to play like multi-hour games. So you're going to put your money to something that you really want to get or you're going to put your money to something that you can play at that time. Because not everybody buys things day one, and not everybody has the financial capacity to buy, you know, $60, $70 games every time. You know, they'll wait for, like, a sale, or they wait for it to come out on PlayStation Plus, or uh, Xbox uh, Game Pass, and stuff like that. So there's a reason why these things exist. It's also one of the reasons why Game Pass is an incredible deal. and a great way for people to not only discover games, but maybe even buy them after the fact, you know? Because it does help in sales, like stuff like Game Pass. But if you're going to say that after people were pouring their sympathies towards your studio, when they found out about what happened to your studio's game, you're kind of creating, like, I know you don't like this phrasing, but you're kind of creating bad will amongst your fans. (laughs) Yeah and this you're not in a position right now that you want that you would want something like that to be the case. You know, you kind of you kind of need the support of your fans right now because they're the ones that are basically saying, "Well, I kind of wish we did get days gone too." But if you're going to say, "Well, you should have bought it at full price," you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really rub well. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the game has gotten a lot more credit since okay. it became uh, part of the PlayStation Plus collection on the PS5, and now also because it's in PS Plus. I mean, I, I, two of my friends, or three of my friends, they are playing Horizon Zero Dawn right now because it's part of the Play at Home initiative, and they're like, whoa, this game is so good! And I'm like, really? I mean, I, told you, I, I could have told you this years ago when this game came out. In fact, I probably might have told them already, but they're like... One of them is like, yeah, I only play Destiny. And now he's only playing Call of Duty with us. The other one is, well, but he know, he knows this. He's a cheap bastard. I always call him a cheap bastard. So, you know, even 15 bucks is too much for him. And the third one is like, he plays wherever, whatever, in which direction the wind blows. So he bought a Creed Valhalla. And I would have never thought he would buy it. Because it's like, yeah, I only played the first Creed, And after, I didn't like that one a lot. So, like, I have this group and then they're like, oh, wow, Horizons is super cool. And I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that before. And I was like, wait till you play Days Gone. Yeah, no, we're not going to play Days Gone because it looks like a Last of Us ripoff. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is that I that I have to be here right now or I would just drive over and hit you so hard. Oh, my. Some great friends I have. <laughs> Oh, oh, man, I had to do
0: everything to keep my laughing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. But then it, also because this almost kind of feels like the exact same conversation we had back in 2019. So <laughs> yeah,
1: what can I say? Days Gone is just a great game. No, I mean, a, I mean about Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> oh yeah, Horizon Zero. What can I say? Horizon Zero
0: Dawn is a great game. <laughs> yeah, it is a great game. I completely yeah. agree with that. I, yeah. I think I said the same thing when I finished it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is exactly the same thing about not everybody has that or even has it on their radar, you know, not everybody has it on their radar that, oh, they should get this game because it's good. Part of it might actually be because of the Metacritic rating. Part of it could also just be that they saw some reviews that called it mediocre, depending on which source
1: that they will frequent to. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I wonder if people don't, va- if maybe we live in a time where people value other people's opinions too much and cause them not to form their own opinions. Because, I mean, if, for example, you like, if you base your your buying decisions off of a, a review of a certain website and another website says exactly the opposite, because that's what happened when Death Stranding came out. Some praised the game, some hated the game. And then you would really be tied to, okay, which publication do I genuinely look at, listen at, trust, believe in? And that kind of might have helped you decide which game you wanted to buy. I personally waited until it was 30 euros because I just didn't know for sure if I was going to like the game because it looked too too weird and too vague for me, whereas I'm a big Hideo Kojima fan. so And it, eventually I bought it. And I was really happy that I did, and I would have bought it for sixty because it was worth the money. But because of the way it was conveyed, I had trouble, and also because the reviews were so mixed, I didn't know what to believe. And the more reviews I watched, the more confused I came became. <laughs> yeah, I will say, th- I, um... and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example as well because that's why that's why I'm afraid that some things are biased too much. Mm-hmm. And what you'll see, for example, is is on social media, certain uh, uh, people that are like have a lot large following and whatnot. You know, they call them influencers, that, that word. <laughs> they get stuff for free, yeah. and what they do is is they have to, of course, praise the shit out of it because it is a free game that they get, and there are certain terms that are tied to them getting that free game. It's like, well, we'll give you this free game, but you can't bash the game because. You know, that kind of defeats the purpose of of us giving you this game for free. So what you'll see is, is they'll praise the game. And then eventually you'll probably, if you're observant, figure out that they never finished the game or that they didn't play a lot of the game. But they are so enthusiastic about the game when they talk about it that it might inadvertently uh, influence your buying decision. And you might end up spending money on the game and then realize like, well, wow, this game isn't as amazing as that person told this game to be. So, you know, that also plays a part in, in these days.
0: Yeah, so we've had this conversation before and I've actually had and a lot of times before. So I've actually had some time to think about... Like, like, so I will say this. Yeah, you're right. The, um, people that have a lot of following that get, you know, brand deals from... Uh, publishers and whatnot and get the game for free. You do have those that might play or promote the game but end up barely playing the game, which is why it's important to find like reputable sources or at least uh places where you can, you know, guarantee that they'll at least have played the entire game from start to finish. They might not have completed the game. They might have not gotten a platinum trophy or being the last achievement, but at the very least, they've played the game from start to finish and can tell you without spoiling the entire game whether it's good or not and yeah. why you sh- why you should get it or why you shouldn't get it or why you may or may not like certain aspects of that game. And I feel that um, and I feel that not all influencers have that obligation or at least they don't feel like they have that obligation. Some do, not all of them. So mm-hmm. it's depend it, it, I think it depends on like if you can find one that does, then you can at least um know that they're
1: they know what they're talking about. Yeah, because what you'll sometimes see is that and it's funny to see, uh is that they'll they'll st- start promoting a game, even though the game hasn't come out yet. And then it basically looks like, hey, publisher, I'm promoting your game and you haven't even asked me for it. Wink. So maybe you should give me a free copy of the game when it comes out. Wink, wink. And then, you know, by the time it happens, it's already, the bias already starts there because they just basically want the game for free or they want to maintain the relationship and they're not doing it for the best interest of the people that they basically represent because in a way you would say you're voting for someone by giving them your support by either liking their content or following them. So basically you're, you're it's like an election. You, you cast your vote and you say like, Hey, I'm giving my vote, my, my, I'm subscribing to your channel or your page or whatever. And I'm liking your content because I trust you and I like your content. And then I think that, that people should have an obligation to, use that trust in a good way instead of using it for their own gain and just saying like, I want this game for free. Because I remember seeing something similar like this when um, Mafia 1 got a remake last year. Mm -hmm. And then I saw a lot of people promoting it. And I was like, yeah, Mafia was a good game. But you're promoting it or praising it in such a way as if it's A game that got a Metacritic of ninety five. You're you're pretending this is the next Breath of the Wild, and it's not. (laughs) So calm down, you know. And and then I think like if you do it in that way, you're misleading people because people are like, oh, whoa, whoa, this is the next Breath of the Wild. We need to play this, or we're missing out. FOMO, hashtag FOMO. You know. I'm like, no, just be honest. I mean, that's your job. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah that is their i mean that's what they chose to do right so yeah. yeah i don't know uh but we've always had our you know we always
1: found that that stuff is always a bit iffy and
0: not. maybe we're awesome. just uh
1: maybe it's easier for us to say it than yeah when you're actually in a situation like that i don't know yeah. but like i would have at least i would have i would have I would want to be integer in the have integrity in that part and just, you know, tell them straight Hang up honestly. Um we're going to go into a break. And I think this we'll, is basically it right by the way. I mean, this is yeah. the end of the segment so. Yeah, sorry, I was getting a call so it was kind of. It's okay. Let's just uh, end the segment here and just be back with the next one. Yeah. We'll be right back with what we've been playing.
0: We're back with the second segment, which is, of course, what we've been playing. So, Sean Templar, what have you been playing, if you have been playing anything at all?
1: I, uh, I feel like I'm uh, being being—I'm uh, sounding like a broken record, that I'm still in this game dip. I hope that with Returnal coming out on Friday, I might finally be able to climb out, and then with Mass Effect coming out a few weeks after that, a few days, I don't care, I think it's not long anymore. Oh my goodness, um, that is happening, isn't it? It's in, is in May, so uh, I can't remember. Jeez, we're already almost in May. That is crazy. Um, time flies when you're having fun. It's coming out May 14th, so I hope to uh, to uh, finish Returnal and then maybe shortly thereafter start playing uh, the Mass Effect trilogy, Legendary mm-hmm. Edition. But for now, um, I think I mentioned last time that I played Abzu and that I that I really liked it. Um, I started playing Doom, the the one that came out a couple of years ago um, because I just wanted like a, a mindless uh, shooter to play. Um, I have to be honest, I really like it. I didn't expect it. I bought it like a really long time ago as an impulse but I never actually played it and now I'm, I'm really going through it and um, the game looks really nice for a game for a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised by that. It looked really, really nice and you know, it's it has an okay story in it, and the combat's really fun. Uh, I remember that I think both this one and Doom Eternal got pretty good reviews when it came out. Um, so I am thinking about maybe getting Doom Eternal after this one. Um, for people that don't know, within Doom you play as... I think he's called the Doomslayer, the guy?
0: Yes, he he's yeah, officially known ki- as the Doomslayer.
1: Yeah, so you're playing as a guy He's called Doomslayer. You wake up on this ritual, sacrificial table... Uh, in chains and then you and you have these these demons around you worshiping you or something and then you break free you kill them you put on this suit of armor you've probably seen in a lot of promo material and basically you're just going to shoot and blast your way through um you get a you get hints of a story there saying like hey there's this mad scientist that has opened the gate and because basically the gameplay is on mars and they found some kind of portal to hell or a different dimension. And they uh, built a tower in which they can harvest that connection and make energy out of it, sustainable energy. And uh, of course, there's always a mad scientist that goes berserk. And in this case, she does. And um, the demonic spawn come on, on Mars and everybody gets transformed into these demons and you have to fight your way through it. Um, there's a lot of different guns in it there's also a mechanic in there that when you damage an enemy enough that they sh- they they um they emit a certain color of light and then you can do a melee attack to kill them and then you get uh health points from it um so there's, there's these cool executions in there uh for the certain for the different types of enemies uh, you can also upgrade your weapons or challenges you can do to get those upgrade tokens um yeah, it's basically it it's not a mindless shooter as I thought. It, there's actually some depth to it which makes it really nice. Um uh, one of the weapons I like is the chainsaw because you can just literally just saw an enemy in two and then you get a huge drop of ammo out of it so it's even beneficial. <laughs> um so yeah, it's a it's a really fun game. I think you can pick it up for pretty cheap. Um so would recommend it. Um besides that I've been playing Warzone and Warzone has gone through an update. Um, I got frustrated with Call of Duty because there's an update. I think there's a bug in one of the updates that came out causing the game to re-download a certain patch constantly. Um, And as you know, Call of Duty is not the smallest game. Um, Their updates are massive. So eventually I just got fed up because it constantly kept on downloading the update even though I'd already installed it. And then after that, it would want to reinstall the game off the disc Which just drove me insane. So eventually I just removed Call of Duty entirely. I stopped playing it for a while. And then uh, I just downloaded Warzone from the PlayStation Store. So I can't play Modern Warfare multiplayer. I can only play Warzone now. And that just works for some reason. Um, (laughs) Warzone had one of these events like in, in Fortnite. In which there was this massive event happening. With all sorts of teasers. Basically Verdansk got invaded by zombies. And you need to survive as long as you can and then eventually a nuke was launched and hit Verdansk and blew up Verdansk. Um, and then there was an event that played a couple of hours later, which was on Rebirth Island, and it was basically uh, a couple of minutes before the nuke was launched, and then you were all doing sorts of stuff on uh, Rebirth Island. Uh, and now um, the new map for, for, Re- for Warzone is that it's a version of uh, uh, Verdansk in 1984. So I think it's like a flashback. Um, it feels really Chernobyl-like uh, right now. Um, I think the developers also said that they will not be going back to the old Verdansk. So I think they're taking like the Fortnite approach, and they're just going constantly going to evolve the map, kind of like what Fortnite has doing with all these events. Um, there was a moment in which they added a pistol, in which if you upgrade it and you get a kimbo, meaning you get two of them, you have a certain attachment. I think it's like a silencer and a uh, and uh, a certain mag. You can automatically it becomes an automatic pistol, and the it was overpowered. I think I didn't I don't know what happened there, but you everybody was walking around with this, and they could <laughs> literally kill you in in milliseconds. Uh, no matter where they shoot, because they didn't even have to have good aim, because both of the guns would have eighty rounds magazines, so they they could just spray and you would die. So they fixed that. Uh, So they've changed the meta of the game also a bit. So now there's a different kind of weapons that that are better than the previous uh, version, which is always nice, I guess. Um, Keeps it fresh. Yeah, yeah. And besides that, I've also been playing a little bit of Formula One. Um, Funnily enough, I don't know why, but for people that follow Formula One... Uh, this is Formula One 2020. During the 2020 season, the Ferrari engine was the worst engine, or maybe one of the worst engines, because Ferrari was basically caught up in a scandal the year before. They had done, an, an, they had modified a part of the engine, which gave them a lot of power on the straights. So eventually, yeah. all the teams filed a, a complaint with the FIA, which is like the overseeing body of the whole, uh, of all a lot of racing. Championships in the world, including Formula One. And they launched an investigation. And then at, at the end of that investigation, they said, We're not going to reveal the outcome of the investigation. We have reached a settlement agreement with Ferrari in which they have to pay a fine. They will help us with developing methods to track down engine modifications. And whatever they've done to the engine, they will make sure that the engine is compliant with the technical directive we are issuing. There's a lot of mumbo jumbo saying, We made a deal with Ferrari. We're not revealing what the engine did, but we have agreed with them that they will revert back and make the engine compliant again. When they did that, it was one of the slowest cars on the grid. Um, and, And that's one of the things that happened in the 2020 season. The Ferrari was the car was basically built around this modification, allowing the engine to perform at a different level. So now Ferrari was really slow. Why this whole long story? For some reason, in the my team mode, the Ferrari car is still one of the fastest cars in the game. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. That, does that mean that they
0: didn't they didn't do the roster update or maybe they I, just w- missed it? Or... Well,
1: from what I understood, it was updated because it caused a little bit of uproar when it did, because fans were like, Yeah, but I want a Ferrari to be fast. I don't want it to be nerfed. So from what I understood, they did, but maybe they didn't do it for the my team mode and they just did it for the the career mode in which you just become a driver of one of the existing teams. Whereas in my team, your own team, Um, because I chose for, I, I remember you have to choose an engine supplier and you can choose between Renault, Honda, Mercedes and Ferrari. And everybody knows that the Mercedes engine is the best but when i got to choose an engine the ferrari engine was the best so i didn't pick it i chose the mercedes engine um and now when i'm I, i've gotten to the point where my car is is pretty fast uh or pretty nimble at least and i can if i choose the right setup at least get into at least a fourth position or maybe even on a podium like a p3 or p2 i think the last race i did was in canada and i got i finished on pole position in the rain which i never expected and then I was able to fight off and win the race. So that was like a complete miracle because um, I, in theory, it shouldn't be possible because my car isn't advanced as the rest. And yeah. if you look at the development of the car, you can see where your car is ranked compared to others. And I'm like in the bottom half, but for some reason I'm winning races So, or or getting podiums. So I don't know what's going on with the game, but I like it. So um, <laughs> so yeah basically that um, yeah I am looking forward to Returnal and um, I'm also going to buy there's an um, a remake coming out for Rome Total War which is like a game of 20 years old or something and I almost
0: it, forgot that we that even mentioned I'm actually surprised you didn't like message me like in the middle of the night going like Max Max did you see there's a remake of Total War Rome coming
1: I, uh, I forgot about it myself until a couple of days ago. So, And the cool thing is, is if you already own the game on Steam, which I do, mm-hmm. you get 50% discount off of the new version. I need to check my Steam account. So, yeah, it's coming out the 29th of April, and I'm really looking forward to it. Because the funny thing is, is I bought that game on my tablet a couple of years ago. And I finished the whole campaign on the tablet. And it was it was really doable. I never expected a touchscreen, you know, to to, to to be to be this intuitive for these kinds of games. So I finished a whole campaign on, on my tablet, and I'm really looking forward to this remake because it's not just prettier graphics; they also made quality of life improvements. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, I know what I'm going to do this coming weekend, which is make Rome grow larger. <laughs>
0: oh man it's back man it's back baby it's on <laughs> uh, I'm,
1: I'm really looking forward to it
0: cool i mean yeah i, I heard that I, when did i hear it? like yesterday so i heard it yesterday i was like oh how have i not heard this from you yet <laughs> and, but i was like legitimately surprised that i had not heard from you like that that was happening but cool yeah um yeah, I'm curious to see how that's gonna end up being. Unfortunately, I won't be able to play it on my PC. PC, and they still haven't committed to like bringing those games to GeForce Now. Like,
1: isn't it playable please. on GeForce Now? No. Oh wow, that sucks. <laughs> I know. The road. I know they that. used to be, and then they got taken off. Yeah, because I know the Three Kingdoms was playable on GeForce Now. Yeah, and then it got taken off. That Sucks. Yep.
0: So, um, yeah, I guess it's my turn in it. Yeah, those are my games. So I'm gonna just keep it short. Um, Monster Hunter, still doing that. If you're interested in playing some Monster Hunter with me, please hit me up because I love playing Monster Hunter and I love playing with new people. Um, and yes, I can play with random people through um, through the live hub, which is uh, with. Um, through the live support, which is fine. But, you know, it's fun to be able to play with people that you know um, and people that you can actually talk to because there's no, like, voice chat or whatever. Plus, you can do text, but the text is more, like, for immediate stuff, not so much for talking to one another. Um, outside of that, I hinted this before in the news segment, but I have been playing Days Gone because it is is still available. Yeah, it's still available on PlayStation yeah. Plus. Yeah. So if you haven't downloaded uh, or claimed Days Gone, do it. Because it is actually surprisingly fun. The uh, the Freakers are interesting, for one. because yeah. um, I mean, it's, it's interesting in and of itself. Because in a post-left-for-dead uh, gaming landscape, it's kind of funny that you don't see a lot of... Zombie-esque games have smart zombies? And I won't say that the Freakers are particularly clever, but they will hone in on you if you make a mistake. And the whole thing is that if you make too much noise, there's actually like a noise indicator. So you're always paying... Like, i always instinctively uh, paying attention to if I'm making a lot of noise... I tend to, like, crouch a lot because of it, but I'm making minimum noise. Um, The one thing I will say is that the game is at least somewhat generous with its checkpoints. There was this... So... uh, I feel like I'm not explaining this very well. But basically, in the world of Days Gone, there was this thing that happened that turned people into... Zombie-like creatures called Freakers, and do you know why or, or how it happened already? Are you there? No, the I'm not that far yet. Okay. I'm really at the first, maybe four hours, so okay. it's not that much. I mean, I just saw the the Nero guys like doing some shady research, talking about this dude that um, your character Deacon uh, met in the past, and he's He's blaming this person for the death of his girlfriend, or yeah, girlfriend. Um, what else? Yeah, so so that's a thing. It it feels like there's a revenge plot that need that wants to unfold. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I will say this: the survivors in this world suck like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they are not your friends. They are using you for their own benefits and to be fair you're using them for your benefit but not so much i mean you're kind of beholden to them and you're trying to uh, there's like this whole um trust me there stuff for like those separate camps um the old lady though from that other camp is uh it's a hard ass though oh yeah yeah she doesn't care. <laughs> no. She doesn't care about nothing. No. <laughs> and uh, so this 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 all takes Ben, uh, ben. It all takes place in Oregon, you know, where this where the studio that made the game is uh, stationed in, which is really cool to see. And so these freakers have these nests where they congregate, and that's where they kind of infinitely respawn from as it were which is really weird because once you torch a nest at most two of the freakers two or three will will come out depending on how big the nest is and then the nest will be destroyed um by tossing a molotov cocktail at it or tossing a jerry can of uh, patrol into it and then shooting it so that it sets a blaze and then it's all gone, and you're like, wait, why are they infinitely spawning from these nests? And when you destroy it, there's, like, no sign of, like, there being free <laughs> It's a like, game. They Come on. I don't know, I know, but still. It's, it's, I'm not overthinking it. I just think it's really funny. Um, but that is one of those interesting challenges because you don't have to destroy the nests. You can go around them. It's fine. You don't have to do it. You know, unless you want to not get the trophy, the platinum trophy for it. But it is interesting to see how many different ways you can tackle it because in my case, I died a lot. (laughs) Because you have to clear an entire area of the nest so that the infestation in that area is free, which allows for fast travel in that particular area. Um, So I do also, you can also completely... Ignore the freakers. And what I like to do is when I'm riding my motorcycle, which is pretty cool, except for when they take your motorcycle and then strip it for parts, and then you end up with a piece of crap. Yep. Not
1: cool. Seriously, man. That Did you uh, already was... encounter your first horde? No, not yet. Didn't you I'm see still... it at the beginning? Because there's in the, early on in the beginning, there's a horde if you pay attention to it. I saw it. I didn't
0: interact with it.
1: Okay, okay, okay
0: so i was like uh, no 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 please no it, it really there are some
1: missions where you can't get around them you have to fight a horde um yeah. but like the intensity of that moment that's i think that's one of the uh, the cool parts of the game because you just start screaming because this, there's this massive horde coming at you and they're not stopping no matter what you do I am not a fan of the mobs, like the
0: smaller groups. That yeah. alone. Because that alone, your resources are pretty limited. You have to be really careful with your bullets. You have to be careful with your melee weapons. Although you do have the indestructible butterfly knife of uh, Ellie. <laughs> is that what calling it now? Well, it's a knife that is indestructible and... They kind of used a similar mechanic in The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I'm calling it the Ellie Knife.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> because
0: it's indestructible. It's the one the one thing that doesn't break. The only downside it's it's also your weakest melee weapon. It works, but it takes a lot of stabs to like take down a freaker.
1: It does.
0: But when you pick up like something like a machete, it's like two chops and like their head lops off. Yeah. But those can break, so you need to be careful if you want to use them or not. Exactly. So it's like this, you have to manage everything, including your bike, because that can break. And one of the things that I like to do is like, I like to ignore the freakers, or if they're in my way, just mow them over
1: with my bike. (laughs) I like the fact that you also have to keep your uh, bike gassed up, otherwise you might just run out of gas and you can't use it. That's true,
0: which is also kind of a thing. The only thing the only one thing that kind of annoys me is the the, the human nPCs because I ran into an ambush. Mm-hmm. I was driving on my bike. I was like, Oh like Deke was he Deke talks to himself a lot, yeah, a lot mostly he 's talking to you for your benefit, the player oh yeah i 'm driving through this area. They might set up an ambush, and as soon as he said that. I yeah. got sniped off my bike. I didn't die. Luckily I didn't die, but I flew off my bike. I had to take out these stupid ambushers and one of them was in a tree and I had to how did I had to use like a, a sound to distract them so that I can sneak around and see where he is and then take him out with the crossbow. Oh, wow. And then he fell out of a tree and was sitting. I don't even know how you get, like, I didn't see a platform. Maybe there is a platform that they built in the tree. But he fell down, and so did a chair. So this guy is just chilling up there in a chair, with (laughs) a sniper rifle, with with a laser scope, just waiting
1: to just shoot fools down when they come by. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the funny part is is when I don't know if you've experienced that, but sometimes in these encounters, Deacon gets really mad, and then when you kill people, he starts screaming or cursing at him. He's like, he's like visibly annoyed and frustrated, and he's like also verbally frustrated. He's like, ah, and then he's screaming and shouting and cursing. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. It feels like there's some layers to this guy. It also feels pretty cathartic. (laughs) yeah 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 i mean i think um there's so much stuff in the game and a lot of things make sense and that's really cool i think the one thing i didn't like about the game is how certain menus look like your crafting menus or your your inventory menus it looks like a placeholder menu that they had in there just for at least that's the kind of idea i got like but this looks so simple this looks so not elegant like somebody came up with a placeholder menu, like hey, and yeah. when they, when they want to demo it, and then eventually they just stuck with it. It was like, "Yeah, you know it works, why make it pretty and
0: well, I'm not so much i don't I don't have a problem with the way it looks.
1: I'm not a fan of how it works yeah the, yeah, I understand I mean, if you look at the last of us crafting stuff, that's just those menus are more streamlined,
0: yeah, so that's it for me um that's mostly what I've been playing. That and Monster Hunter. Um, I, di- I will say this about Monster Hunter. I finally beat the the last monster of this version of Monster Hunter Rise. Because the next version is coming up on the 30th. Which is exciting because it adds a bunch of additional monsters. And it adds the end game um, to it. So I've been just farming parts from monsters so that I can make new weapons so that... When that's ready, I can tackle the, the the new monsters that is coming with this update, and I can't wait to see what they're gonna do next. There is a presentation that is, um, if you've been listening to this, that has gone live on the twenty seventh, which is detailing what's coming on the thirtieth. Oh, so exciting! Ooh. By that time, hopefully, it would been really exciting. Um, yeah, so Friday is the update. There's this; they already kind of showed the one of the monsters which is like this chameleon like creep like it's the giant flipping chameleon. <laughs> okay. I mean like 100% camouflaging away getting invisible chameleon. Well, that's nice. They haven't had a monster like as far as I can tell. They haven't had a monster like that in the game before in the series before. So that's going to be interesting. And that's it.
1: I think with that we've uh Come to the end of another episode of Game Rivals. As always, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate your support. You can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast. You name it, we're there. Um, you can leave us a voice message through Anchor. You can uh, click on the link in the description. You don't have to uh, make an account for that. Um, you can email us at gamerivalsfeedback@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can uh, check out us on twitter game underscore rivals underscore you can check out maximilian on twitter at maximilian right mm-hmm. okay you got uh, it right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you can check out us on on instagram on uh, at game rivals that's where i'm mostly at uh, you can check out maximilian at at maximilian underscore x that's where I, that's at, right uh, the confusion um please do he wants to play monster hunter with you all and just go out and play monster hunter with him we in the in the part in the break we he said like oh you need to buy monster hunter so we can play i'm like yeah but i didn't like the demo no but you still need to buy it and then i said like let me look online and i saw somebody selling the game for like i think 35 euros he said like i bought it i played it once I don't like it. I'm like, hey, you're my kind of guy. I I said two episodes ago, I'm waiting for that guy to say (laughs) I bought this game and I don't like it. Now I'm selling it. He's my kind of guy. So I'm like, I might. I don't know. But I might. Uh, But, yeah, go check him out and play some Monster Hunter with him. Yes, let's do. He's a great (laughs) sensei, as he always says. Um, And that's basically it. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I have and always will be Sean Templer.
0: Half and I and will always be Maximilian X. And we'll catch you on the next
1: one. Later.